buttons. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as uh, we continue on in this Advent season. Uh, this is the third Sunday in Advent. Um, I, I've told you that I, I like the fact that in the liturgical calendar, if you would, the, the historical church calendar, they took a, uh, quite a bit of time to prepare people for Christmas Day so that we wouldn't miss the celebration of Christ. And, and so there's this transition from a very long harvest season into this uh, time of, of focusing everybody on Jesus and, and on what God has done and what it means. And uh, that the main sort of four topics um, for Advent uh, are joy and peace, uh, hope, joy, peace, and love. And that we'll be working through those together um, during this, this season. We talked about hope last week, biblical hope, and, and what it means to, to put our hope in Him, and, and um, that He gives us a now and forever life, and that we can trust Him, and, and that uh, He's faithful. And, and we sort of looked at the importance of all of that, and having that as our foundation, knowing that, that um, we can have a living hope in Him for who He is. Uh, today I want to talk about joy. And then next week, we'll talk about peace, and the following week, we'll talk about love. So that's kind of where we're headed today. Uh, that's the intro transition. I'm trying to do, you know, a bad joke or two. This one really flopped last night. Let's see if, I, let's see if it was me or if it was the crowd, and uh, we'll go from there. Did you hear about the Christmas caroler who, who, uh, who struggles with dyslexia? He, he kept singing, Leon, Leon. Leon. No, it's the, it's not, okay. It's not the crowd last night then. It was, it's me. Okay, I can live with that. I'm probably going to stick with it, but still. Maybe I'll get the next group. It could always be a, a delivery problem. What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. I think I'm 0 for 2, but that's okay. Scripture reading here on purpose. <laughs> Brad liked them. I feel better. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So we're entering into Christmas, and, and I've been telling you, you know, uh, reminding you of the Christmas story and, and how important this story is, and, you know, it's, it's his story, uh, and, and that, you know, we needed a Savior to come because our sin had separated us from a loving God, right? That's at the heart of this story. You know, why did, why did, us, why did we need a Savior? Because our sin. All of us have sinned. It separated us from our relationship with a perfect and holy God. There's no way back. 
uh, into relationship with Him in our own strength. It's not about how good we try and be or that we're a good person or, or you know, that our good outweighs our bad, which is kind of the prevailing cultural thought, you know, about eternal life. Really, all you got to do is, you know, be a, be a good person and do more good stuff than bad stuff, and you and God are going to be okay. And that's, that's not the story. Um, it's not how it works. Um, the, the issue was He's perfect. God is perfect. Heaven is a perfect place. And the moment we sin, we're no longer perfect. And you can't get back to perfect in your own strength. It just takes one, and, and everybody's got one. Most of us have millions of, <laughs> of sin. But, you know, if you, if you want to struggle with it, you, you all got at least one. And you can track that way back to just watch the little kids in the nursery. And uh, you'll, you'll see them, you know, that they, like, they, they want something, and they take it, and they don't care. Uh, it's, it's exhibited very early. So... This issue of, of sin has separated us from God. So we needed a Savior, uh, one who could save us from our sins. That's, that's the whole point. And so God came, fully God, fully man. Jesus entered the scene. We talked about this last week, and he entered in the most, you know, the most humble way. Uh, and he was born into the world just like we are, so uh, we can relate to him, and he can understand what it's like to be us. And, um, and then, you know, the, he, he lived this amazing, perfect, sinless life. Uh, which he lived for 30 years or so, uh, 33, whatever, and, and then he willingly went to the cross on our behalf. He gave that life for us. There, um, when he gave his life and shed his blood for us, that was enough to pay for or cover all of our sin that we've done and will do, uh, and, and that you know, gave us an opportunity to be reunited to God. And then when he defeated death and rose again, he was the first of many. We, we all now have entrance, uh, those who believe in what Jesus has done, into relationship with God now and forever. And God, uh, in this whole amazing thing, chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. And so that's the heart of the whole deal. That's the gospel message. That's what's taking place. That's what begins at the Christmas story and runs through uh, the Easter story. And so we all are, uh, those of you that are followers of Christ, are the, the you know, benefit from what's taking place in the, in the fact that he has made a way for us to be restored back to him. So that's what we're celebrating at Christmas. And yet, um, a lot of people don't, don't see it that way. And even, uh, you know, a lot of believers... Don't, don't sort of embrace what's taking place in the process. And, and you could ask people, you know, so, you know, if you, had, if you had one word to describe Christmas, what would it be? And, and some people would actually say things like, well, it's a headache. Or the word might be busyness or expensive or bothersome. Some people feel this way about this event. Um, to many people, Christmas, it's just another day. Only it's, uh, you know, more expensive and more trouble than other days uh, that are around it. And, and it seems to me it's sad that an event that we just read about in our Scripture that brought so much joy into heaven should bring so little joy here on earth. And so today I want to I talk about this joy and what it means to, to have this joy and experience this joy in our lives. Uh, a few days ago I watched the Christmas special, Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's one of my favorites. I watch it every year, uh, and I, I realized I've probably been doing that for 50 years because I, it came out in 1965. I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was five, uh, and, and it has been, a, you know, part of something that I've done every year as far as I can remember. Um, you know, it's much easier to watch it now. Back, back when we first started watching it, you had to be home on the night and, <laughs> and the time that it came on that one time on TV, and if you missed it, you missed it, so it was a pretty big deal. Now, you know, we don't have that issue anymore. 
And then you think it's funny, kids don't even, they can't, they'll never relate to that. That, what do you mean you couldn't watch it when you wanted to? <laughs> what do you mean you had to have the commercials in it? Um, uh, but that, that's not part of the message. So anyway, um, so I used to love it back then because I was a kid, and I love it now because, you know, what I've found is that, um, and, and understand to be the, this truth, is that Charles Schultz, who did all that stuff, he was a, he was a solid believer. And throughout his comics, these Charlie Brown comics, he makes a lot of references to Christ, and he also makes a lot of sort of more subtle inferences to Christ that run throughout. The comic strips and the specials, they're in there when you're looking for them. And um, in the very beginning of the Christmas special, Charlie uh, Brown is, is lamenting to how miserable he feels during Christmas uh, to Linus. And I love what Linus says. Linus says this. I actually stopped and, and listened to it. He says, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I think, you know, what I want to talk about is, is that as we experience this amazing season, this time of the year, this, this Christmas season, that it can be a time of joy. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, how broke you are, how busy you are, or how Charlie Brownie you might be. Um, we can experience joy because joy is actually more than an emotion. Um, it's a decision that we make, and, and it's an attitude that, that we need to have. And, and it's really all about where you choose to put your focus this time of year. And, and so, you know, there's three things I want to talk about where we need to put our focus to experience this joy that God wants us to experience. First, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. One, one year on a, on a Christmas afternoon, this, this um, lady goes to visit a family, and uh, in this family there's a five-year-old there. Her name is Ruth, and the, the lady who's visiting says to Ruth, she says, hey, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And after a moment's thought, the little, little girl, little Ruth looks up to her, and she goes, well, no, but then again, it's not my birthday. Now, so I think that's perfect, right? Because it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in the celebration and all the stuff that's going on that we forget what it is we're supposed to be celebrating. We can lose sight of what this is really all about. And so, you know, as a believer, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, it means that not only are we remembering the, the Savior in the manger, but we remember the Savior in our hearts. We remember that this baby grew up and that he went to the cross to, to pay for our sins. I talked about that earlier. And that he, he rose again to give us new life. And that you know, that he lives in our hearts today, and when we remember that, that should, no matter what's going on, give us some joy, as we just kind of remember what's really happening. Paul said this in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so not only was Jesus born in Bethlehem, but by faith and by his spirit, he lives inside of us. And, and really, that should fill us with joy. That should be something that no matter what the situation, we can kind of think about and go, okay, you know, he's got us. He's, he's, he's got us now. He's got us forever. And look at what he's done for us. And we, we can sort of get out of the Charlie Brown feeling and start to experience some joy in our lives. So that's the first thing. Secondly... Second focus is that we, we have to realize that it's not all about me. 
You know, whenever we insert ourselves into the middle of the story of life and, and try and put ourselves in the center of that story, we begin to um, not be able to enjoy the now part of life that God has given us. Because you weren't created to be the center of the story. He is. This is His story. And, and so He's the center of the story. We, we sort of, you know, our lives then sort of point to the center of the story, and that's where we begin to find life. I, I tell you all the time, he's the noun of the story. We're adjectives. Adjectives are an important part of the story, but they're not the center of the story. It's, so he is. He's the, he's the noun of the story. And, and so um, when we begin to realize that, we get ourselves out of the center of the story. We've already begun to focus on him. And, and then we begin to see that this life is so much bigger than how we feel about things and how we're doing with things, that it, that it also has to do, and it much more has to do with how people are doing in the world around us as well. How the people when we're in relationship are doing. How, you know, people that we're in contact with are doing. How people that we encounter are doing. You know, I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, and you'll be hearing this a lot as I prepare for the new season, that, that ultimately, you know, as, as believers, this thing is about our relationship. It's about our relationship with God, it's about our relationship with people in relationship with God. And then, you know, it's, it's our relationship, uh, our own with Him and what that looks like. That, that when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? He said, you know, love God all in, right? Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That everything um, that we want to understand when we get that that's sort of the center of things, you know, with Him as a story, um, the way we look at things begin to change. And we can sort of get out of the middle of the story, which... Um, makes us, when we're trying to be the middle of the story, we're unhappy. We're not settled. And so it's much better for us to know that it's bigger than us and that we need to care about the people that are around us. Um, Jesus tells us this. Paul is actually going to say this, but he's quoting Jesus in Acts 20, 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's a direct quote from Jesus. And Paul uses that to point out the joy of generosity, of caring about other people. And so Christmas, it's the time when we celebrate the most wonderful gift that God has ever given us, and that's Jesus entering the world. And his focus in, in giving Christ to the world was about his love for others. And, and he it gave us an example that we as well should be willing to follow. God's a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He, God was a, was a giver. He cares. Uh, and he continues to care about people. And, and as his kids, he wants us to care about people as well. And so joy doesn't come from getting all we can get uh, from others, but, but really in giving you know, all we can to, to others. It's, it's a focus on others that will help us experience joy. And, and it's true. It's, uh, you know, that Jesus' words, it's more blessed to give than receive, are, are true words. Sometimes I think when we were kids, we thought they just told us that, so, <laughs> we, you know, we would sort of change focus. But, but it's the heart of the matter. It's where we find life, is, is when we realize that, that we want to be part of this, this blessing that God has bestowed on us, that we can share it with others. So, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and to realize it's not all about me. Whenever I say that second point, I love to follow it up with this point. It's not all about me, but it is some about me. 
And because there's a balance, there's a tension here. If it's all about you, you're not going to be happy. But it is some about you, and that's good news. That's something to celebrate. That's something that, again, should be life-giving to you. Because at some measure, we're to focus on how we are doing in this life. And, and your attitude really determines whether or not you'll experience joy um, this year uh, and in your life. So, so you can let things like worry or stress or discouragement rob you uh, of the joy of Jesus. But you don't have to. See, see, everyone struggles sometimes. Everyone gets a little Charlie Brownie. But understand, attitude isn't automatic. You choose to allow attitudes to rule you. And, and I want to close up by talking about that just for a few minutes with you. And I, I want to go back and use Charlie Brown and Linus if I can. Um, I started with them. And there's a lot of stuff going in there. Now, Linus, um, in, in case you've never seen it, but I think after 50 years, everybody's seen this at some point in time, I hope. If not, it, it won't make sense. But Linus is, is most known for his carrying around that blanket, right? Most of you get that deal. That's Linus's thing. He has this little blanket he carries. It's a security blanket. He has it with him everywhere he goes. And he's constantly catching grief because of the blanket. Um, his sister, Lucy, is, is always trying to get it away from him. The, the other characters in the story are constantly ridiculing him for this blanket, but he never gives it up. But something happens in this Charlie Brown special that I want you to see. And, and uh, so I have the video clip. And, and Linus in this thing is going to talk about the real meaning of Christmas. And, and when we get to the place where he says, fear not, I want you to watch carefully for what happens to the blanket. Go ahead and run that clip for me. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Of Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All right, so now, now listen, there's a couple things I want to talk about. The first off is, I don't think that was an accident. When, when he says, fear not, he drops the blanket. And I, I think the, the meaning behind that is the birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. So we don't have to be afraid anymore because Jesus has entered the scene. And, and that the birth of Jesus, you know, it frees us from the habits that we're unable or unwilling to break free from ourselves. And all of that is so cool. When you watch it happen, you can see it's supposed to be there. But then at the end of the scene, you probably saw it. He picks that blanket back up. And, you, and I'm like, oh, that kind of ruins the analogy a little bit. And, and yet I thought about it because we could have ended the scene a little quicker. But there's something so cool about it. And I think this is also here on purpose. So, so why in the world does he leave the stage with that security blanket still in his hand? He, he obviously knows the truth. He's proclaimed the truth. 
um, we can see, you know, that he, he gets the, the knowledge there and the wisdom of what's taking place there and the passion is there. In Linus, why does he pick that blanket back up? And I think it's, it's really, when you think about it, it's very clear. All of us do exactly the same thing. See, we know what it means that Jesus has entered the scene and what he's done for us at the cross and the life that we have in him now and forever. We get all that and yet we constantly fall back into old familiar patterns and pick up things in our life again that we don't need to pick up any longer. And, and like worry and stress. I, you know, I, I've been talking to you about this a lot lately because the, the reality to me is this. The enemy, our enemy wants to steal life from us. As believers, he can't take that forever part of your life away. So he wants to ruin the now part of your life. And what does he do? He loves to use things like worry and stress and discouragement. And, and so we can be having a perfectly fine day. One event can happen where we go from being perfectly fine to overwhelmed with stress or anxiety or worry. We, we pick it right up. It could be a text message or a phone call or an email or something we see on the news. And all of a sudden, we're, we're out of sorts. And from the moment that we allow that to sort of begin to rule our lives... Until the point in time when we once again go, but God, you're bigger than that, all of that is lost life. I consider that time and life that the enemy steals from me. And I've told you, the, the quicker I can get to that Philippians 4, 6 verse that I do all the time, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Uh, and the quicker I get there, the quicker I have life back. So if I can feel that worry and stress come on and get it almost right away, Almost no time goes by when I go, well, you're God and you got it and you're, you're bigger than everything. So when worry and stress comes on you, this is what I want you to do. Drop the blanket. Let it go. How about discouragement? Discouragement tries to come on all of us sometimes. You know, little things. Again, if it's, we don't get worried about it, stressed about it. Maybe it discourages us and we just, there's this heaviness that comes on us. Listen to what happens. Paul says this, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself... And God our Father, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. We, we have this internal, e eternal encouragement that He has given us, and we need to remember that. And when we, we feel discouragement coming on, listen, drop the blanket. You don't need to carry it. Might be familiar to you, might be something you do, you don't need to do it anymore. Drop the blanket. Jesus has entered the world. Jesus has done what He needed to do. And so that, that one of these Advent gifts that, that God has for you this Christmas is this gift of joy. And, and he, he wants you to unwrap it. He doesn't want you to wait till Christmas Day. Unwrap it now. Do it by fixing your eyes on Jesus and remembering it's not all about you, but it is some about you. And, and when you feel worry and stress and discouragement, those things try and get on you, drop the blanket. Don't carry them around. Don't, don't let that be what defines your Christmas. And I've got to tell you something else, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Linus does something with that blanket later on that's really cool, and I'm going to tell you about it next week. And, and uh, so now you need to come back because it really finishes the whole deal. But because uh, he's going to drop the blanket. It's really cool. So, so, um, so be ready for that. Open the, you know, this gift of joy. Let this be where, where you find life. Don't let all the other stuff take it away. Drop the blanket where you need to. And uh, let's just experience the joy of the Lord this week and this year and all our lives. Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over the wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. And uh, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Come and see us.